Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Things that are more um, 
suited to where you are now in your life. Uh, Mercury is in Scorpio, so we have a lot of things in Scorpio right now. And the moon actually just left Scorpio yesterday afternoon. So we have a Sagittarius moon, Mars in Sagittarius. That makes, I think, our tendency to want to move forward into our life connected with our emotional state. So we might feel aggressive, uh, maybe aggressive, maybe just forward, Maybe we feel like we need to be able to speak our mind, and maybe some of that is coming from an emotional place. Having both of those uh, bodies, the moon and Mars and Sagittarius, also kind of adds, I think, a spiritual quest purpose to the energy of the chart. So for those people who are looking inward or who are looking for some kind of spiritual truth, This seems like an excellent combination. So the moon doesn't stay in Sag for long. It'll be there for today and tomorrow. And uh, Mars will be in Sagittarius for a bit longer the whole month of October. Uh, Venus is in Virgo, keeping it tidy, still Venus. So that Venus in Virgo is asking us to really look at the way in which we're loving in a particular way and being able to break it down. Can we learn something specific about loving each other in a in a better way. Is there something really tangible, something really um, grounded that we can understand or learn where we can be in service to love, uh, love of ourselves, love of others, but that grounded is, aspect is what's most important. And it doesn't mean that it it's like a uh, necessarily a physical gesture that we need to do. When we're talking about grounding in love, it doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to, you know, clean the house or wash the dishes or make the bed or something like that for somebody. It it can be something emotional. It can be something intellectual. It just needs to be understood in a grounded way. Therefore, you know, if someone needs someone to be uh, emotionally available to them, they need to understand the practical aspect of what does that really mean. And I think Venus and Virgo is helping us maybe to break that down to be able to say, this is how love could serve me right now. How could love serve you? And uh, Jupiter's in Gemini, still retrograde. Hopefully that's keeping communication open. Hopefully it's adding a bit of lightness in this all-too-heavy time that we're always seeming to be going through. Uh, Uranus and Pluto are square still. Like I had said, they'll be there for years, but they're in a big separation right now, so there should be some potential cool-down in some of those uprisings that we've seen, Libya, Egypt, the Middle East, uh, even the Occupy Wall Street movement. Those things are on a little bit of a... They're in a separation. The energy is not as intense as it's going to be again uh, next spring. And Neptune still rocking out the bottom of Pisces. Zero degrees, still retrograde, still bringing us into a, a a new time, a new time, 14 years in Pisces. It's We're just you know starting it last year and going into this year. So we're right at the beginning of it, a new time of a kind of, transcended way of understanding sacrifice, what it is that we need to be able to do to understand each other and how we can elevate our own um, spiritual state and uh, sublimate our ego. Someone had asked me the other day, why do we call psychiatrists shrinks? 
uh, and I answered, and I said, well, it's because they shrink the ego. And Neptune has a way of doing that um, because it's ego-denying. In astrology, we talk about the ego-denying nature of Neptune. And um, in Pisces, the ego-denying nature of Neptune is going to be teaching us how to understand or be more compassionate uh, with others, you know, kind of globally, and also obviously with the people who are in our lives. The children that are being born right now, um, particularly I would say the 2012 children, since at the end of 2011 it was still in Aquarius, 2012 children and moving forward, these are the children who are going to be, as they get older, a reflection of that compassion and um, psychic understanding uh, of other people and what it is that they're going through. The, um, The moon's north nodes in Scorpio, so we're all learning about intimacy, and Chiron is at five degrees Pisces, still bringing on the uh, understanding, again, of how we create our own illusions, how we uh, can discover what it is that's real behind, what it is that we would like to see as real. The sort of Chiron in Pisces is still breaking down the way in which we hurt ourselves, really, by not seeing things as they are. And that's your Global Energy Minute. Um, Dr. Craig Martin, you're listening to the Inside Connection. The call-in number is 213-943-3395. If you'd like to get an astrology reading, I am open, and the switchboard is waiting for you. The topic tonight is uh, communication. Talk about communication. I, I actually looked back at that first sentence I wrote in the show description about the way in which we blend, uh, the way in which we're capable of Uh, mixing our different personalities is really dependent upon the way in which we communicate. And communication came up so much in my practice uh, this week already, and I even had two people in today, two separate sessions with people, and it seemed like the theme was really focused on in what way aren't you communicating with yourself in particular, but in what way aren't you communicating with your partner? What are the things that you're holding back and why? You know, are you afraid? Are you afraid of your own um, you know, intimate involvement in the relationship? Are you afraid you're going to say the wrong thing or that you're going to be rejected? Or are you just avoiding? You know, it seems sometimes like people avoid they shut down because they don't want to get into heated exchanges, so they don't want to be able to voice their opinion. And as a result, what happens is that we have a tendency to want to walk away. We want to walk away from relationship situations when we haven't really uh, even gotten close enough to the person to be able to to say or recognize that the relationship is not really right for us. So, you know, in, in communication, when we talk about communication, people always say, oh, relationship's the most important thing, right? Communication, we have to talk. Most married couples will tell you that. And a lot of the work that we have to do in a relationship, that work that we have to do, um, again, people who are really in relationships, they always say it's a lot of work, it's a lot of work. It's because 
we have to be able to give voice to the things that are going on for us in a relationship. And we have to also be able to know how long is the relationship, how tactful do I have to be. Maybe when a relationship is newer, we don't feel as free to speak plainly. Maybe if we need to voice something, it reminds me of a young woman that I was seeing in the spring, and she had been dating someone for two or three weeks, and the first time she said to him, um, you know, do we have to do this or that this way, he completely left her. He didn't want to be confronted at all about anything, and it's impossible for that person to have a relationship unless you're with somebody who's been, you know, so abused that they don't have an opportunity to speak or voice their own um, say in, in the relationship. But people who are, uh, you know, not contrary, uh, we're not talking about needing to, need, needing to be argumentative, but we're talking about the need for an honest kind of communication. Intimacy, in fact, is about truth. Intimacy is about honest truth, or I've defined intimacy as truth revealed, that when we're intimate with someone, we reveal something that's true for us. And it could be as simple as saying to them, you know, you're watching television too much, as one one of the people that I saw today really felt like she needed to say to her husband, you know, that um, that he was putting the TV on in the morning and he was leaving it on all day long and she would come home from work and the TV would be on and be the last thing he turned off before bed. And she felt like it was a very difficult conversation to have with him. And yet the constant television in the home was actually making her really uncomfortable. And I thought, you know, we have to um, take the opportunity to speak up for ourselves. That's a part of what uh, the negotiation compromise process is about. So communication, one facet of it, is the compromise and intimacy that's involved with another human being. It's certainly one of the most powerful parts of communication. It's... um. It's the kind of communication that we have, let's say, from the aspect of Libra. And Libra is an air sign, and it's one of the three air signs. And the three air signs actually rule communication and thinking and the mind. And combined, you know, the three air signs combined, they make a dynamic kind of communication that we have in our lives the way in which we communicate with ourselves, the way in which we communicate with one important person in our lives, and the way in which we communicate with people at large. So, for instance, the, the Internet now or social media or the fact that um, for about 100 years now we've been really getting involved in mass communication, telephone, telegraph, um, you know, answering machine, the computer, the Internet, um, television, radio, all of these different ways of communicating have been almost like an explosion of our desire as um, beings to communicate with one another. And what we're needing to gain from that is what we call a collective conscience, the idea that we can start to take a look at what it is that we believe socially, what we all believe socially. And there's always like a little pushback. There's always like a little difference. Sometimes those different voices actually can be a little loud. Uh, global warming comes to mind. I think 
it reaches a tipping point where people see, you know, that in the last 20 years, the last 20 years have been the hottest 20 years out of the last 150 years of monitoring, and that probably, right, we're contributing to that with hydrocarbons and pollution. I mean, there is a science behind it, unfortunately, right? Some people don't believe that, but the idea is that as we communicate these ideas, as we as we all learn and listen from one another, what it is that we've discovered, what it is that we think, there tends to be what you would see as a global consciousness, a um, collective awareness, because that is a part of the way in which mankind moves itself forward. We experience things from the collective unconscious that we manifest wars and diseases and all kinds of things that manifest out of our unconscious, but that's not really for this show. In this show, we're talking about communication, and so the collective conscious is where we have all reached a place of awareness it's like saying that at a certain time in our history, we became aware that we could harness electricity. We became aware of that. And collectively, we all started working on harnessing it. And it was like in a very short period of time that we had laid out electric wires and uh, electric outlets and the light bulb got invented and all of these things that were became a part of our awareness that it was possible for us to, um, uh, you know, learn something and make something available for us all. That's a part of social communication where we're all connected and we're all talking to each other as a group. I think what's interesting about that is that's the Aquarian aspect of communication, and it's one facet of why we need to communicate, because certain kinds of truths become available to us as we learn to communicate with each other. It begins, that communication outside of us begins with the way in which we're communicating with ourselves and the opinions that we've developed from what's basically called like the local environment in childhood. We learned it in childhood from neighbors and siblings, the way in which we communicate. And we've taken, and that's the Gemini aspect of air, the Gemini aspect of communication, how we communicate with ourselves. This is important because if we have that foundation of communicating, let's say, we learn to be verbal in the family, we learn to be verbal in our neighborhood with our friends and neighbors, then we can learn to communicate or we can learn to be more verbal in a one-on-one relationship or in society at large. Sometimes we have to go back. This is a part, I think, of what I was trying to teach the young man who was in, in the office today, was that we have to go back and we have to look at why we're communicating in uh more productive or less productive ways. Why did, for instance, he feel like he couldn't really communicate, like it was going to be easier for him to uh, walk away from a situation rather than be able to, you know, come clean with what it was that was on his mind? For me, 
the origins of that communication originate back in the third house in Gemini, in, in astrology, that's what it's called, in how we learned to express ourselves at an early age just by using language or, you know, not by using language but verbal cues or other kinds of ways of communicating. It can be body language. It can be, um, you know, it doesn't only have to be verbal. But Gemini is our ability to actually put language to the things that we see in the world, including our feelings, including our feelings. We're looking to put language to everything so that we can communicate what our reality is. And from there, we can move on to having the greater intimacy with another individual in communication if we've learned how to communicate within ourselves. I'm going to go over to the switchboard for a second, and I'll come back to our topic in just one second. It's Dr. Craig Martin, and you're listening to the Inside Connection. Hi, 780, you're on the Inside Connection. Hey, Dr. Craig Martin. It's Jay calling. Hi, how are you? Hey, fine, thank you. How about yourself? Is it Jay? Yes, it is. How how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm chiming on on the subject. No reading tonight, but this interesting subject. You're listening. Yes, I am. Yeah. Anything you want to, you know, like uh, throw out there about this topic? Yes, actually, I do. I had some. I had. I have a little story, a little bit. Please. Nothing take that long. Yeah. So what happens is. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about, uh, you know, I teach uh, drum making, right, and drum class and drum circles. You know, and then everyone comes away from drum circle th- feeling, you know, pretty good about that. Yeah. But uh, I had this thought in mind, you know, what happens, you know, with this wave of energy that's coming from our hearts? And uh, so I decided to look on on the Internet and found a computer program that, at uh, um, how would you say it, um, it actually uh, calculates and shows wave disturbances. Like, for example, if you're going to take some stones and throw them in the water and all the waves collide together, they would show different patterns. Right. And uh, it was really interesting when I had all the you know, eight, eight nodes, which are representative of people's hearts in a circle. And then I uh, you know, looked at the wave pattern, and it actually it was uh, – it actually um, – what I was thinking about before this, what what was happening inside that circle was was quite correct, and what I thought about. And what happened is when you see all these, um, when, it, when everyone's in sync and their hearts are in sync with each other, um, there's geometric patterns that form within the circle. Sure. And like uh, like uh, metatron cubes or you know decahedrons and things like that. Sure. Which is really really interesting. Then you see all the waves spreading outside of the people. Like going through yeah. the universe. It reminds me yeah. of um, of um, Mikio Kushi's work, um, the hidden message in water. Do you know that that work? Oh, uh, Doctor Mas- Masu- uh, Masu- uh, Masu- Masuro Emoto. Is that right? Yeah, Emoto. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. More. Yeah. You're right about that. And uh, just let me really tell people who might be listening that that's a study that this Japanese man did, where he subjected water to um, different emotions and different language, and then he did a um, uh, electron mic- microscopic views of the water crystals that that as it would crystallize. And water that had been, let's say, in in the room with people who were talking to each other lovingly, 
had a really harmonious, you know, nice-looking pattern. Water that had been in the room with people who were yelling at each other had a much more discordant and difficult-looking pattern. And it's interesting in this topic of communication that um, that that's a part of exactly what you're talking about because the heart is communicating with these vibrations. They don't only have to be communicated in language. There's like the language of the heart. You're right about that. I was actually uh, there's a there's a nice lady that came to our uh, a city. Uh, her name was uh, Lindsay Wagner. I mean, you may know her from mm-hmm. a long, long time ago. Remember that? Yeah. And uh, she's the same thing. The woman, yes. And uh, she's 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 uh, she's great as she was then, a little bit older. But we, she uh, she invited me up to the stage to do some muscle testing. And what you're talking about, it was really interesting. She had a word, and she put it on my um, on my uh, my solar plexus. Right. And then she would muscle test me, and it went down. Right. And then she would take another word and put a. You know, and she didn't show me the word. She would put it right. actually to my to my stomach, and, and my my arm would stay up. You know, with this muscle testing, right? Right. And uh, the word that went down was hate, and the word that was was up with my arm staying solid was love. Well, good and, thing, and, Jack. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she tried it again with another person, but the person shook my hand, had the feeling of I don't want to meet you, I don't want to, things like that, and muscle test me. And my hand went down, my arm went down. Huh. And then uh, the person said really nice things to me and, you know, just had a good feeling and thought of, like, really glad to meet you. So, like, you know, you're glad to meet you. And uh, my arm went down. So it was really interesting uh, how the communication that way, the subtle communication is really profound. Yeah. You know, once we wake up and actually feeling that, and, you know, maybe through uh, sensitive, through, you know, meditation or something like that, opening up our our, our hearts to, to being, you know, maybe we're affecting each other. We're, we're affecting, affecting each, each other. other by what it is, even that we don't say. In other words, yeah. what we don't say, things that we don't communicate or that we hold back, is affecting. You know, if you think something nasty under your breath and you don't even say it at all, that thing is still creating a thought form. It's still creating a communication wave. It's it's still creating one of those ripples into the energy that's surrounding us because thoughts are things. They they're they're not um, powerless. Um, the whole notion of you know. Um, the law of attraction even that's based on that you know like the idea that a thought is a thing because as it goes out into the world it actually attaches to something and then physically brings it back to us as if we're throwing out little fishing hooks into the universe yeah, you yeah, know yeah. yeah yeah it's really interesting you know you got to really wonder you know that communication what you're talking about if that was uh, you know before you know the technology of uh, you know, mobile technology and stuff like that, and, and internet, that that communication was actually more used more often. Than, I mean, it, I mean, it seems like you know there was advanced technology on on this earth a long time ago too. You know. You yeah, I mean, I can remember learning once about how when people are together, and especially if they sleep in the same bed together for a long time, that there are actually psychic bonds that develop between two people's auras. And it's like a mother and children, you know, a child can go, but if something happens to the child, if they're in an accident or something, the way we psychically feel connected to somebody, we're like, uh, I know something happened to this person, you know, we either dream about it or 
something like that, the, there's some, uh, you know, empirical evidence to show that there are actual bonds in our aura, that our aura creates threads from one person to another and that they remain attached over, over a distance. And um, when people die or when there's divorce or things like that, those threads remain attached. It's one reason why we feel very strange uh, in a bed alone after somebody has left or after somebody has passed away because we're so used to having those those energetic threads, the way in which we're communicating outside of language. Mm. Yeah, I really wonder that the advanced technology um, of these ancient civilizations didn't use electronic stuff. They used a different way to communicate. Well, not a different way, but the more yeah, of course, natural way of, of doing course. it. It was entirely more intuitive. It was entirely mm. more intuitive, and people were able to, you know, this is Native Americans. They certainly, uh, you know, spoke to the Europeans who were coming to this country about that, like they knew we were coming. You know, they knew we were coming because they sensed we were coming. They, it didn't it didn't surprise them when we arrived yeah. because different elders and people in their tribes had dreamed of it. They knew that someone was coming, and um, the, obviously they'd been here for thousands of years before we got here. So they 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 eventually, you know, as it got close, they were like, oh, we're going to meet some, you know, people from. Uh, foreign land, and they just knew that based on a communication they were picking up from at a distance. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, for let's say the purposes of my show topic tonight, I want to be able to say that for many people, it becomes confusing if we don't have some faith in what it is that you and I are talking about, which is like the energetic communication that's happening between people, which we sometimes know and we sometimes don't. You think about two people who meet each other and maybe they're attracted to each other. We can sense that. That's very clear, right, even when nobody is saying it out loud. And yet they're still frightened and intimidated of giving, putting words to it. You know, people are still frightened of saying, um, you know, I like you, I'm attracted to you, or I like what's going on here. Even when we when we know, so many people walk away from a situation and they're like, I have no idea what that person was thinking. And I think it's because more they don't want to know <laughs> rather than they don't have any clue what someone's thinking. They We've so turned down our own natural intuition that we are very much in a time where we need to have things uh you know spelled out for us and so verbalizing you know where we're coming from and what's going on for us has become very important in um human relationships and in helping people to be able to uh, work things out yeah yeah Yeah. You're very right about that. You know, like yeah. it's just—it's uh, really—it's always good to talk to you. So glad to like see your prefix in there and 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 check in with you because uh, part of the show is the readings, part of the show is the call-in. But I always like somebody to give me, you know, uh, some spirited conversation about the topic or philosophize with me for a little while. And uh, you're always welcome on the Inside Connection, Jay. Hey, you're welcome. You're going to hang out and listen more because I'll leave you there in the chat room, in the switchboard. Yeah, leave me here. I'll switchboard and I'll just listen to it. Thank you much again. You're welcome. Bye-bye.
I have somebody else in the switchboard area, code 901. You're on the inside connection. Hi, Pastor Craig. This is Lamise. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you, hon? Hi, I was just listening to your show, and um, I just want to share something real quick that resonates with what you just got through speaking about. Okay. Okay, uh, it's my ex. I had a dream last year, and we were in an apartment that I had previously lived in, excuse me, after we uh, broke up. Okay. So here I am in my bed, not thinking about him. We've been divorced for a while. He comes into my dreams. We're together in my old apartment, and he and we were telepathically communicating, and he was telling me how much he loves me. Okay. And he cried, and I looked at him, and I knew that he was getting married. I saw the woman, and I saw the little boy in the dream. And it was like this love connection between us, and I was so shocked when I woke up and, um, you know, kind of confused because it was so real. Okay. It's like we were actually there. So make a long story short, I tell my sister about the dream because it's so real, and she said that someone had recently seen him like two days prior to that out in public with a little boy. Huh. and that was like in uh, November when I had the dream, went to a Christmas party in December, saw his brother there, and his brother tells me that he has gotten married. Right. So I told the brother about the dream. And right. to um, and then the, the thing that really got me was about two months ago, I just, you know, I was still thinking about this dream, and I found out that they actually live in the apartments that I used to live in. Wow. Wow. So So that brings even more energy there because technically our connections, our energetic connections are not only to each other, but they're to places and, you know, things and pets and, uh, you know, anything that has really touched us because the energetic plane, the energetic plane is connected to all physical substances, not just, say, the Mm -hmm. human body. The human body, obviously, is a very important thing, you know, especially for the humans. But um, Mm -hmm. So it has a great deal of emphasis for us, but all things are composed of the same energy, the same atoms, so we can Mm -hmm. connect to them energetically and be able to communicate with them. I think it's how some, say, psychic people are able to, like, hold a piece of jewelry or hold something of your personal possessions or look at just a picture. Look at just a picture of someone and be able to read them is because the energy is right there uh, in the physical substance and how if, say, we wore a piece of jewelry for a long time, that that physical thing would start taking on a pattern of our own energy. And if we were sensitive to it, we could read it. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it would be really nice if we could do that consciously. But I don't understand who did it. Did I do it, or did he do it, or do you get? Are you getting anything on that? Because as far as I was uh, concerned, yeah. I mean, I think I I think you know what I would say is that unconsciously, there's still an attachment between you and him, and so as something, I guess, meaningful for him or 
you know, fairly profound if it was a new relationship with a young boy in the same old apartment that you had lived in. That's kind of big. That was probably triggering all kinds of things for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Well, you know, I we never lived in the apartment together. It was I an apartment think. that I lived in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I think we uh-huh. mutually have to reach out to each other. You know, I mean, I don't know really. Sometimes people talk about being attacked psychically. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, maybe we can sit around and think about someone and think about someone and think about someone, you know, and bombard them with thought forms. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? I think we can have somebody that's just constantly thinking about us and that they 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 kind of bog us down in that way. Mm-hmm. But but I think we also have to leave a door open for that. I don't think that there's a space for someone to come into our consciousness if we don't really want them to. And usually if we're being, you know, like thought of in that way and we feel bombarded by someone thinking about us, it has to do with the fact that we have something unresolved there. Anyway, it's an interesting kind of spin on the on the topic tonight. I didn't know we were going to be going into such a metaphysical place because I thought it was going to be a lot more mundane. We were going to be talking about the way people use words and how they need to be honest with each other in communication. But I like it because it's it's the same thing. It's just on a different level. You know, we're, we're talking about communicating with each other in nonverbal ways and the way we communicate with each other in the psychic plane. And mm-hmm. it's totally real as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's not not something, I guess, that we talk a lot about on the show, but um, but we are connected outside of the Internet and, you know, our iPhones and our telephones and even the U.S. Postal Service, we're connected and communicating with each other um, on tangible, like we just mentioned, but also intangible levels. And um, I think it's it's worth, it's definitely worth taking a look at here. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I, I would say I would say that you know um, you probably have some connection to him. And, um, you know, he he reached out to you as well to let you know that this was going on. Yeah, it's amazing. But I was listening to something today, and, and they were saying how as we ascend into consciousness, this is what we'll be doing, telepathic communication. Yeah. And you here know, I'm actually that's what you were saying. You were just saying you wish we could be doing it more, and we yeah. will be. It's just that that's yeah. not necessarily what's going to be happening, you know, in the in the next five years. Evolutionary mm-hmm. processes like that take take time. So it isn't yeah. like we're going to turn around and be living in a science fiction movie, you know, between <laughs> now and 2020. Um, I think it has to do with people becoming more aware of that possibility, and that's how we then bring things into into greater consciousness, the fact that we can be more connected with each other outside of the physical plane. Mm-hmm. You and know, I, uh, what, what is really was really profound about it for me is that everything was true about the dream, even to him living in an apartment. It was just a different apartment. It was a different apartment yeah. complex. 
Now I want to venture out and find out is it the exact same apartment because in the dream it was and everything else is true, so I'm thinking it's the exact same apartment. Yeah, well, you're picking up on all those details. I I mean, you must have a very, you know, for you to be able to have that kind of really clear, um, you know, dream time, the Native Americans called that dream time, dream time experience, Mm -hmm. You know, even even Freud and Jung, they talked about three different kinds of dreaming, that there were some dreams that were just whatever, garbledy-gook of the day, and then there were some dreams that were prophetic, that, that yeah. they had evidence to show that people dreamed of the future, and that they also had evidence to show of people who dreamed about um, the present but psychically, like they would wake up in the morning and they would have dream that someone passed away and then they would call that person and sure enough, that person passed away. So they're, they're dreaming, one of the reasons that dreaming is a communication inside of the, the psychic energy is because the conscious mind is turned off. So we're the most connected to the collective when we're, in the, when we're dreaming. So if we're not just dreaming, like, a, like, like I said, like a rehash of our day, then we have an opportunity to actually pierce into something deeper in the collective unconscious. Well, that's exactly what happened. I mean, everything turns to be true. And I didn't go looking for information, even though I knew it was (laughs) real. Well, I don't think that you're a spy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to be a spy now because I want to know now if it's the exact same. Oh, no, don't even say it. Listen, I'm going to let you go, and I'll check in with you next time. Okay, okay I just had to share that with you. Thank it's you, It's great. It's great. It's a great story. Okay. Thanks. Have a good night. So it's interesting about, you know, um, communication and, and, you know, what we've been talking about, which is that communication is on a lot of levels. There's a subtle, unspoken possibility of communicating with each other for me, I guess, and for the purposes of what, I, what I've been noticing in the practice, um, it's the part that we're not verbalizing that becomes the most difficult for people. The things that we're not saying give us an opportunity to blame the other person for what it is that they're not doing or that they're not giving or that they're not being, and we can wrap ourselves we can wrap ourselves up in some other kind of illusion, distract ourselves, escape from something, make it about something that it's not really about, blame someone else, or just, I guess, in general, over-intellectualize, over-emotionalize a situation because we're just not being honest with someone else about what's going on or how we're feeling or we would like for them to be more honest with us but they're not being that way and we don't know how to ask for it and we don't know how to approach it we don't know how to say I need to sit down and have a talk with you or I think it would be good if we talked or um, it happens I guess I see it all the time even somebody wants to have a conversation with a sister or a brother and they feel like it's not, you know, possible for them to open up because the the pathway is not there and they don't know how to create it. And from my understanding, we, again, need to be able to go back to the way in which we learned how to communicate. If we grew up in a shutdown environment where we weren't allowed to communicate or where we were always yelled at, maybe the only way we need, maybe the only way we know how to communicate now is to yell. 
if we grew up in an environment where we weren't allowed to speak at all, maybe as an adult we don't know how to speak up at all either because we're afraid of the retribution or we were taught that confrontation or conflict is dangerous or it's not appropriate or I'm not allowed to be there, that if I'm going to, you know, um, get involved in any kind of a conflict with you, it's going to result in me being beaten down or me being humiliated or however the path went as a child. And I think that looking at our uh our communication style from a from a point of view of um of honesty is is imperative there's no other way for us to be able to um really have an authentic relationship with anyone unless we figure out how to tell them what it is that we need and that kind of um that kind of intimacy, I think, is the blend that I was talking about in the original posting, which was, you know, how is it that we blend with each other? Blending, meaning that if we take one communication style and another communication style, one person's more verbal, one person's not, one person's more emotional, one person's not, and we put these two people together, they it's about finding that language uh, within a relationship. How can we communicate with each other so that we can learn to hear each other? This is a really important part of um, the the communication process. And um, like I said, the, there are three facets to communicating in the chart. The one is the personal way in which we communicate with ourselves. What kind of inner dialogue do we have with ourselves when we're not talking with other people? We all have it. We all have an inner dialogue that's happening inside of our own mind. Um, most of the time, I guess, a lot of people try to shut it off and occupy their time with television or, you know, audio books or talking on the phone or this and that. But, you know, occasionally we find, oh, God, I can't listen to the radio. I can't do anything. I'm just going to drive you know, with no, with nothing on right now, I'm just going to think for half an hour. You know, God, God help us that we should think, right? But that thinking process is the beginning of the way in which we communicate with ourselves. The way in which we communicate with others is no different than that. It can't possibly be. It can't possibly be different that I communicate with you any differently than I communicate with myself because the only way that I know how to communicate is the way in which I'm communicating with myself. And I think when people go on, um, you know, when they actualize at some level or they try to find out who they are or they spend time in counseling or they do a uh, 12-step group or um, they go to some kind of therapy or they just do a lot of self-help books or, you know, they do work workbooks that go along with self-help books and they answer questions, self-reflection, self-reflection, that teaches somebody more about the way in which they're communicating with themselves. That way, I think, when we get involved with other people, we're less likely to project on them the unconscious parts of our own communication dilemma. The place where we're not really communicating with ourselves honestly is the place where we're not going to communicate with other people honestly because if we can't see it in ourselves, if we can't own it for ourselves or have some dialogue, some capacity to have dialogue with ourselves, and there's no way we can have it with one other person or a whole group of people, 
I think we see that um, when we see, let's say, celebrities or famous people who go out there and um, they they end up not really realizing what it is that they're saying publicly. Politicians who, you know, definitely haven't worked their stuff out and yet then they end up in front of mass audiences and what gets revealed is a part of what they communicate with us is a part of the communication flaw that they have within themselves places where they haven't yet even learned to begin to realize what it is that they're saying to themselves and then they say it out loud to others either one other person or a group of people and um I think it's probably one reason why if people get involved in in celebrity or fame at a really young age, then they're very unperfected in their way of communicating. They certainly haven't grown enough to know uh, how they're communicating with themselves. So it makes it a lot easier for them to stumble at a younger age and then, of course, you know, feel badly about that and, you know, feel badly about the way in which they communicated or how they're being received or not received. But in older people, I think it's really interesting how often we see a, uh, you know, a famous person. I'm just using famous people as the examples. But how often we see a famous person um, say something publicly or be something publicly that they would never be if they had a greater understanding of who they were and if they were having a greater communicative dialogue with themselves, then they would be able to have honesty with the people who are around them. I um, I think that, yes, communication is is vital and incredibly important to successful relationship that we have with ourselves, with our lovers, with our family, with our friends, with our coworkers, with people that we meet in public with strangers that if we're not communicating um, in an effective way, you know, effective meaning like bringing about who we are out to the table, really being able to, um, you know, voice our own personal truth in a way that's not... um, not let's say not narcissistic and not also self-effacing um the um just reading a little note in the chat room yes communication is a two-way street is what i'm reading in the chat room and that's absolutely true it does take two people in order to be able to have that but fundamentally if you're in a situation where you don't have that with somebody else then there isn't anything that you can do about that if it's somebody that you're wanting to have a a personal relationship with like a marriage that could be really difficult if it has to do with a parent-child relationship that could simply be because a child needs separation there's a natural point where a child needs separation from a parent and we hope as often, you know, it is said that children will come back to us, that when they get to a point where they actually have separated and worked out their communication with other adults on their own, then they can come back and communicate with us honestly again. I bring that up, children relationship, because that's not a relationship you would walk away from. But, um, But other relationships in our lives where, 
it's a one-way street, and we're trying to communicate from an honest place, but we're not being met there by the other party, that might not be a relationship you want to be in if you're looking for something intimate. So, yes, communication is a two-way street. But I think I think what I was discovering, uh, particularly today and all in this last week, is that one or another person has things at a given time that they want to say, that they want to communicate, and then sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't for a lack of, um, you know, better description, they're afraid of rocking the boat. They get into a situation where they're afraid of rocking the boat. Maybe some of us get to a place where we evolve to a point where we're like, I will not do that again. I will not be in a relationship that's not communicative. I will not be in a relationship where I'm not going to speak my mind up now because I don't want to get into what I had in the past. That's good. I think that kind of growth is really good. But um, it's always important to know that if we're not communicating, then, of course, we're walking down a path towards more distance. That distance will develop in a relationship if we're not being honest with each other and what it is that we need to work out and what it is that we need to express to each other in order to be able to get our needs met. You know, and I think in um and again several of the 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 people that I was working with this week, it was so clear. It was like, but you're not asking for that. You're not speaking up. You're just thinking of walking away. You're not saying, I need this or that, you know, and I, I think you don't walk away until you do voice the things that you need and then you find out that they can't be, you can't get them. If you get to a place where you find out, like my like my chat room friend says here, you know, it needs to be two ways, sure, but you have to find that out first. So we have to, someone's got to be, you know, opening up the conversation. And I think that that's a part of what I was realizing, that if we don't open up the conversation, then, you know, we're not going to, there's there's no possible way to uh, um, move further. Relationship is always going to create distance in it if one or another person doesn't speak up when they're having an issue. 310, you're on the inside connection. One or another person doesn't speak up when they're having an issue. Okay. Hi, you're on the inside connection. 310, are you there? Hello. 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 Hi. I think there's two of us. You have to turn off your computer in order to be able to talk to me on the phone or you're going to hear me delayed coming out. If you're listening to the show, you have to turn the sound off on that. All right, so that caller, we're having a problem, uh, you know, and I heard myself in that background, so that was difficult. Remember, if you're going to call in... Uh, you have to have the vocals turned down on the show, or if you're calling into the show via Skype, you definitely have to have the um, the audio on the show turned down. Otherwise, we're going to hear it in the background of the phone call, and it's just going to be like 
uh, reverberation, like an echo of the show in the background, and it's very, very distracting. So, um, yeah, communication. I find that even in my own personal relationship, it's so important. And really nothing gets accomplished and you don't come back around to a loving place if you don't get honest and talk about what's going on for you. It's uh, incredibly essential that we, um, you know, are 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 open and willing to have a conversation if we're looking to have intimacy uh, with someone. So um, I might try this caller one more time. I see they called back in. Three one zero. You're on the inside connection. Hi, Craig. Can you hear me? Now I can. Hi, Craig. It's Pat. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm well, and I'm enjoying your um, very, very big and broad conversation. Um, And I had a very interesting situation today with a girlfriend, and um, I've had a somewhat of a competitive, it seems a competitive relationship with this woman, and um, there have been times when our communication you know, I've made the effort to, um, I think, have make us have better communication. But today, she said a few things to me that were so hurtful and so, um, I don't know, they were, they were hurtful. And yeah. there's a part of me that just doesn't even want to communicate with her. And I do feel it's necessary for me to let her know what's actually bothering me. And part of me just wants to let it go. Right. And yet I feel that I think I do need to communicate for my own sake. And then if she apologizes, which she probably will, I can then just let it go. But I don't think I want this person in my life anymore. So yeah. do I let it go or do I say what I need to say? Well, it depends. Probably you know, one, of my, one of the things that I love to teach people is that we don't really have to teach anybody anything if we're walking out the door. <laughs> you know, the only yeah. thing we need to teach somebody is if we intend to stay, you know, and allow the intimacy to, to deepen. And if we're leaving someone, then w- what gives us the right to, like, teach them anything if all we want to do is, like, you know, I don't know, get our get the last word or the last punch, you know, Psychically, it feels like she's pathologizing you and turning you into her mother or her father, and I'm not really sure that you're gonna you're gonna really get through to her. So just leave it alone and just. It depends you know, upon how you feel about it. If you need to get that off your chest with this person specifically, if that's gonna make you feel better then I guess you're going to have to do that. But, again, it's not about her. It's about you right. and the way in which you're being affected by her. And, you know, I, there's, there, again, it's, it's, I'm trying to just let this sit with me for maybe a day to just let yeah. the, um, you know, the hurt. My ego has just been affected by it. And right. it's something that she's done over and over again and I'm tired of it. Um, but is it somebody that like, you can get rid of? Is it somebody that you can get rid of? Like you said, um, I don't want them in my life anymore. I, I, some... I just don't think I'm going to choose to continue a friendship with her. It's a friend. Yeah, it's a girlfriend. Right. Okay. Then do you but, want... But shouldn't I communicate my... Just do the right thing by communicating how the impact that she had on me... So that maybe in the future 
Sure, you know, I sure, but that's in the how, future, yeah, she'll that's realize your, how she That's what your intention but, needs to be. Right, right. That's what my intention would be. And there's a side of me that just is angry with her. And yet, in listening to everything that you've said, it seems like, you know, it's almost mm, my responsibility to myself to express my feelings. Yeah. Right, of course, unless it is that you're intending to go back in there for revenge. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like if it's if it's about revenge or it's about trying to teach her something or it's about like getting in the last word or whatever, then that's not the right intention. The the the, the intention needs to be this is how I've felt with the way in which you've treated me. And I don't want to be treated like that. I don't want to feel that way anymore. So I'm not going to be able to be your friend anymore. That's it. It doesn't have to be you're this, you're that. It never has right. to be no, a no, label. No, 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 Exactly. No, I would never do that. I wouldn't do that. But I, I don't, you know, whether there's an apology or not, it matters not to me. I mean, she can apologize and I can accept it. But I feel that I I need to let her know yeah, that's fine. If you feel that, you need to let her know, then you let her know. But your intention needs to either be because you want her to heal and you want the relationship to get better or because you want to let it go. And I have to I have to wrap up this show because there's only yeah. 20 seconds. Okay. Hang on with me. Hang on with me. Hang on with me. This is Dr. Craig Martin, and you've been listening to the Inside Connection. I want to welcome everyone back to the show. Uh, We're live every Thursday night at 8 p.m. And uh, have a nice night. I'll talk to you next Thursday. That was it. It's not the show is um, is past the archives now. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Show oh. <laughs> so is past the archives. Anyone who's still listening or still in the chat room or whatever, none of this gets stored, you know, for the. Um, oh, 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 I see what you're saying. I see. What yeah, you're saying. I had to close out the show for the show's sake. Yeah, I, I when I called in first, I was too close to the speaker and I didn't know how to. I've got this new computer yeah, and I didn't fine. know how to turn that's it down. Fine. I mean, so, I, um, I think I think it's a it's a it's a it's actually a beautiful conundrum that you're putting out there because it's about communication. We want to be able to be more intimate with people, but it's not possible. And it was one of the things that I said to the young man that was in here today. I was like, you have to tell your girlfriend how you're feeling, because if you just walk away from her, all you're going to do is attract another person exactly like that person. And that's why if you don't, I mean, if you say that you have this friend and it's been going on like this over and over again, that's fine. That's one reason why you want to walk away. But if you've never confronted her about this behavior before, you know, do you give her an opportunity to change? That's the big question for you. Yeah, I'm usually the one who... um I'm usually the one, she's a Leo with cancer rising, and I'm usually, no, no, she's a cancer with Leo rising, and I'm usually the one who somewhere or another offends her, and then I hear about it a month later, and she can be very competitive with me for some reason or another, especially when we're with other people, and that today that was the case, and, um, and you know, the way she said things that included other people who apparently have had conversation about me, and it was like, really? So you need to add that too to add salt to the wound. Right. Why can't you just be honest about 
your feelings about maybe right. something I did, but now you're telling me that, oh, yes, and three other women feel that way too. Yeah, well, that's about disempowering you, you know. That's what that's about. That's about disempowering you, mean, you and taking you away your power. You mean her way power. of trying to disempower me? Huh? You mean her way of trying to disempower me? Correct. Yeah. 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 So anyway, well, anyway, I think that um, that I do need to, I do need to, I do want to address it, and I just don't want to do it with hurt feelings or with anger. When you have to. You it. have to address it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to leave the show with tonight with Nar- with Narls Barkley and Crazy, all right? What's that? I'm going to play a song right now for everybody. Oh, okay, great. Pat, I'll see you soon. Okay, see you. Bye, Craig. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my You've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.